0: For a hotel sales and event management software company to not only survive but thrive over the past year, it has to have a pretty unique value proposition as well as a visionary leader. Event Temple and its CEO, Bob Graham, bring us exactly that. Today in the Courtesy Block, Bob and I talk about his journey co-founding and growing Event Temple in a sea of more established hotel management systems and why they stood out as a success story in 2020. Stay tuned to find out what attributes have made a difference for Event Temple as a company and Bob as a leader, and how an entrepreneurial mindset driven by curiosity and values helped to create success, happiness, and opportunity for all involved. I'm Jen Salerno, and this is the Courtesy Block, a Chip Off the Room Block podcast. Hello, Room Block podcast listeners. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. We've got a Courtesy Block episode coming at you today, and I am so pleased to welcome Bob Graham, who is the CEO and co-founder of Event Temple.
1: Bob, welcome to the Courtesy Black. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Sure. I'm very excited to learn a little bit more about what Event Temple is and about your story. You know, I I mentioned this to you, but I've been doing the podcast for about nine months now. And you are my first like tech company, if you will, like, you know, hotel tech that I've had on the show. So I think this is a good, a perfect place to dive in and, and learn more about who you are and what Event Temple is. So could you take us through a little bit about yourself and, and what the company is?
1: sure well first thanks for having us and being the first is quite an honor so appreciate it sure Um, so yeah i'm one of the co-founders and ceo here and um, the main thing i do every day is i focus on the relationship side of the business and also the strategy so we can talk about that a bit more if you want later but um before event temple i'm actually a guitar player so in university i was playing guitar uh, professionally teaching Um, taking sociology at school, and um, somehow ended up building a business booking musicians. So I think that just happened naturally because I myself wanted to get different gigs. I was also uh, working in sales at that time, so you know, the music business was small and new, I needed a full-time job, so I worked with Coca-Cola in sales, and then I moved into medical device sales, I always thought that would be my career. Uh, But that business took off actually, and um, ended up growing it across Canada, ultimately selling it. Um, and then when I did that, I decided, okay, what am I going to do next? Um, <laughs> and I learned how to code and that's really what got me started, I guess, on the path to event temples. So at that time, just looking back, um, cause it was quite a few years ago now, it was almost six years ago was, um, just as I was learning how to code, I thought, man, the software that I use in my event business is just so old. This can't be what people are going to use 10, 20 years from now. And um, I showed a few friends because I knew people from the business. One worked at a hotel and she said, you think your software is bad? You should see mine. <laughs> and um, I saw what she was using. And I didn't know that sales and catering was even a term. I just thought it was sales software because I used that on my job. So um, I saw it and I thought, well, we can do better. Why don't I build something for my event company that also the hotel can use? Um, of course, your initial assumptions are wrong. We ended up having to focus just on hotels. Um, but that's how it got started just to do something better and being really curious about why is this the thing that everyone's using this this looks terrible right Mm -hmm. we really we really came at it from outsiders we couldn't believe that that was me and my partner couldn't believe that was what everyone used
0: (laughs) you know it's funny i feel like there's other there's places that i've worked where there's been people who have come in from outside the industry and they have had a similar response about a variety of things and it's challenging in the hotel industry because It's it's a very old industry, right? Very old profession, and there's a lot of times I've heard over the years, "Well, that's just how we've always done it, and that's just this is what we have to work with." Um, So it's it's refreshing to have people come from outside the industry and bring that fresh perspective. So, but now, okay, you said you learned coding just for the heck of it. (laughs) You just wanted to learn something new.
1: Yeah, so that's a, a good thing to talk about, for sure, because it's a weird hobby. <laughs> right, um, from
0: guitar playing to <laughs> coding. Yeah,
1: guitar playing and salesperson, right? So that was my background. Um, and I definitely felt like I was getting left behind. So, um, you know, around that time I had a service business, uh, basically a booking agency in some ways, or a management company. And it felt like very much a middleman sort of business, right? Where things were passing through the company. But I, I did ask myself all the time, why do we need people doing this? Why can't a computer program do it? And after years of thinking about this, I'm like, it should. <laughs> My right. business shouldn't exist. It should all be online. Um, and I, actually, the new owner, I told them that. I said, if I were you, I would turn this into an online business and kind of pivoted into that. Um, but you know, I was like, I, I don't want to get left behind. I should learn how to code. I'm sure it's hard, but everything in life is hard. You need to try. So I spent a year just learning how to code. Um, That's how I got to know my partner really well because he's a very good software engineer. Um, I did learn how to code. I should tell everyone out there thinking about it, it is very, very hard. (laughs) Um, But if I can do it, you can do it. Like, I'm not a technical person by nature, I'm very musical. Um, But it did translate over time, and I did get it. So I just felt like, you know, software, there's that phrase software is eating the world, right? I want to be part of that
0: hmm Well, I like how you said you felt like you were getting left behind. And I mean, not that I like that you felt that way. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think that's an interesting way to put it. That's an interesting driver to wanting to learn something new.
1: Yeah. yeah and I've always been like that. Like, I really love learning. So I, my wife makes so much fun of me. She's like, this is the book you're reading? Like, this seems so boring. So I'm always just <laughs> obsessed with what don't I know. I think that's one of my drivers as an entrepreneur is curiosity, right? And so... Coding was a big thing in the world that was having a huge impact that I knew nothing about. I'm like, well, I want to see if I can do this. It's easy to say you can't, um, but if I took a year and really learned it, could I? And I think for running the company, it's really valuable that I did know because I can see that side of the business that would have been a black box to me otherwise.
0: Well, right. But you mentioned that you're more into strategy and the relationship side now, which that's so that's more comfortable for you and you've given the coding piece to other people <laughs> except you yep. still know about it so that's you know helpful i'm sure
1: Yeah. well i'm very proud because on our coding um on our code base we call it there's you know commits which is when you push code to the system and they're by me so engineers can come and say oh bob really did code um <laughs> but of course it's the worst code on our system we you know <laughs> it, there's very little of it but um you know, it's good to know because it, as a software company, that is your strategy, right? Your product is your strategy. And um, if you build the product right, the business should grow. I don't, I don't think it comes from a bunch of other things. So it's really important to understand what what makes a good product, what makes a bad one. And I think, too, I, I was able to learn that actually software engineering is a bit artistic. It's more like an architect than a bricklayer, let's say. Ooh, um,
0: I like that.
1: Yeah, so it's quite... Um, what makes someone great at engineering, from my experience, is someone that can really visualize the end product and take the beginning of the vision to something you use, and really take feedback as you go. And I think that that is uh, really hard to find and really makes something special, right? So, the outside view of engineering, mine was certainly like, well, you just pay to get it built, and they can build it. I mean, if that were true, then we would all be, you know, owning huge software. It's very, very hard. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I, but you mentioned that. You know the having the musical mind and then the the coding and it eventually translated for you and I I feel like what you just said describes that I mean it kind of you're taking you're looking at music and and playing music and you're looking at building something and finishing with an end result a song and I know you know my husband my father in law like they're all kind of they don't code necessarily my father in law's pretty tech savvy, but they're also musicians. So I mean, I I feel like there could be something there that (laughs) some similarities and something in your brain that that clicks together. But well, I'm getting I feel like we're getting ahead of of everything Because like, let's back up and like, tell us what Event Temple actually is what 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 is the problem that it's solving?
1: Sure. So traditionally, we're in a space called sales and catering. And actually, if it was up to us, we wouldn't call our software that. We just do that because it's a quick um, way to recognize what we do, right? That's typically who we replace. Okay. We would prefer to call it a growth platform for hotels. So we focus on things like event management. Sure, that goes in there. Um, Sales prospecting, uh, room block management. Um, But the big thing we want to do is help hotels grow revenue in a predictable way. So if you think about uh, the old way, you buy a hotel, let's say you're an investor, you buy a hotel, you're gonna put your listing on the OTA sites, so you're gonna you know learn a bit about your comp set, maybe get some intelligence tools, and then in a way you kind of cross your fingers, right? Hopefully this works. <laughs> we like the proactive side of, of hotel sales. I mean, imagine if I could give you a book of business and activities and tell you, hey, if you buy this hotel and you follow this checklist, you're gonna get X revenue at X time. That's actually possible. And it. It turns out that's what the biggest management groups do. So if you follow like, let's say, Ambridge on LinkedIn, you'll see their directors all the time posting up prospecting wins. And this proactive approach to sales and also to streamlining efficiency throughout the process is really critical and really overlooked. And I think as the industry becomes more competitive, there's more opportunities to go, hey, how how do we look at revenue management different from maybe the event space and group side? How do we prospect for new business and then how do we nurture our business right so would you rather buy a hotel where you're hoping the otas drive business in or would you rather buy a hotel where you have a predictable book of inflow across groups events um transient you know and you can just sort of stack it as you need to i would like the predictable hotel and we think that's the future so that's what we're building
0: so you're saying that event temple has the ability to not only build or or press help you prospect. It's not just for group business. I mean, you're saying transient side, you know, all all sides of it.
1: Yep. And for us, like even the word event, we've thought a lot about, hey, should we rename the business event? Because people think the events you have at the hotel, right? We think about all the events within your sales process is actually where that name comes from. So you look at the prospecting, you look at the booking, you look at the organization, you look at the nurturing, you look at the analytics, each one of those are important events in the process. Um, We're actually stronger if you pick the strongest area of our software, it's on the sales and prospecting side, that's really where we shine. Um, But what we want to do is tie everything together and then also do it in a way where you can attach other programs to it to say, hey, people are reaching me on Facebook Messenger for inquiries or Instagram, how do I pull those in? How do I alert my team on uh, Slack when I've got a new lead that came in so everyone can see? And so we built this API based system that's easy to use. It's very visual, drag and drop. It extends as you need and it connects to other programs. So that's why we call it like internally, it's more of a growth platform. But of course, no one searches hotel growth platform on Google. So you've <laughs> got to be sales and catering, which is what everyone is used to.
0: Sure, sure. So essentially when you were talking about the the older platform that your your friend was using at the hotel so was that something like delphi or is is that kind of what you're trying to to replace if you will
1: in some ways yeah so that's an example of a legacy competitor but there's quite a few on the market right so they do some things well, some things we think could be improved, but what we really noticed was in this industry, there's a few missing pieces. One is the sales side is is very complex or non-existent. There's not really any middle ground, right? So some, like the system you mentioned is quite powerful, but it can also be hard to learn for some people, right? Um, there's other systems out there where there's no sales in it or sales is an afterthought. Um, we wanted to connect that whole sales piece to the group and event booking. We don't think it's, like if I just give you a system to organize events and groups, it's not going to drive your revenue. It's just going to store bookings you have, right? right? right. Mm-hmm. How do you get those leads to close and find them in the first place? How do you nurture them after? That's really what we do differently. Um, and then other things too, like being easier to use, being more integrated, um, subtle things like can you try it before you buy it? Nobody does that. We do that. Or um, can you do it for $50 a month, pay monthly to start? Like yes, we just released that. So. This All of a sudden, a small La Quinta can use Event Temple and pay monthly, and they never would have had to, but a large hotel chain can use it, too. You can use it just for prospecting, just for proposals. You can extend it, use it for events. So it's really, what do you need? Let's only get you paying for what you actually need and use.
0: Oh, well, that's <laughs> that seems like a new uh, mindset, a new kind of service offering type, which is, you know, you think about today, how there's so many different like subscription platforms and that kind of thing. I mean, it's just, we have so many new ways to buy and to use things now. So that's cool that you're kind of integrating that into the services that you provide to hotels as well. Makes it much more flexible.
1: Yeah, we thought of four pillars to build the business around and it was ease of use, uh, best in class integrations, enterprise and industry leading support. The ease of use one is really interesting for us because we thought about, okay, What if we move this from just the product to the whole business, right? So how do we make the business easier to use? Well, Hmm. you should be able to try it online. You should be able to buy it really low cost. You should be able to pick, hey, I need this. I need this. I don't need this. Um, So everything we do, we try to make easy to use in that sense. And that we do that with all of our pillars. Like enterprise means you can scale it. So you have a hotel chain, they can use Event Temple. You've got two hotels, they can use it. Uh, one of our visions is to have event temple could be used at any hotel even a 10-room boutique hotel and it would increase sales so that's the idea of enterprise to scale it up and down um, so we think of the business itself as selling to innovate on not just the product
0: oh i love that and so the other pillars you mentioned were support
1: yeah like when we get to know our customers we ask them things like Hey, in your past system, how did you go about learning it? Or when someone new came onto the team, what did that look like? Um, Tell me about your prospecting. Say you want to send a proposal, What what do you do there? And we just listen and make notes and we try to think about, okay, how could that be easier, right? Because we get it when I've worked in sales, the last thing you want to do as a salesperson is use a computer. No one wants to talk about it, but it's true. You want to connect with people on the phone, on a Zoom call in real life, right? you don't want to log the data and you're just sort of always in a rush to do the next thing. <laughs> so reducing sales admin is a big piece and we feel like the support and training help you do that because they show you like we're experts on our system, we don't need our customers to become advanced experts at every single setting. What we want to do is get you know get you proficient on what you're actually going to use and we only know that by talking to you, right? So what's your day-to-day in your job? I do this, this, and that. Okay, let's teach you those three things on your first day in Event Temple, make them really easy, and then we can do more later. Um, so I think the product could be the best thing ever, but if it's confusing or you don't know how to use it, like, who cares, right? So mm-hmm. getting people trained and supported is really important to us.
0: So it sounds like overall you're trying to make it just a very frictionless experience. You're not only to use it as an individual, but to use, like you said, to partner with a company, business to business. So that's very cool. And I mean, you guys have grown quite a bit.
1: Yeah, so we've um, we've grown really rapidly, more than I thought because we didn't take on external funding. Um, and the reason we didn't do that in the beginning was we just felt like, you know, you look at investors and we're not anti-investor by any means, but in the beginning we we decided not to. Because what they want you to do is grow faster 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 but we we sort of think like sometimes you need to go a little slower at first to really get it right and then you can go faster later and our thing was like hey it's not rocket science it needs to work people need to like the company it needs to be affordable that's really it and, and make sure what you say you do actually happens once they've signed the check and they're using the system right so I like old fashioned business that way. I like to have a simple philosophy that you can sort of prove. And um, that's how we started. And now, I mean, we're in hyper growth mode. We even grew through COVID, which I can talk about a bit later, but um, it, it's been surprising even to me because no outside capital and just, I think we're in 25 countries today, thousands of users. We've wow. displaced all the big systems. And this was an industry when we came in, you know, you'd think, oh, there's there's already big con- you know competitors that, Everyone knows, so why should a new company work? But um, turns out people always want something easier to use that still gets the job done. So,
0: well, right, and and again, like you talked about with your friend, they identified that there were some challenges with the old systems.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah and I think you read, I or I mean, you mentioned about integrating um, with other hotel systems as well, and, and that's something that's important to the company.
1: Yeah, and we also felt like the sales side was really overlooked, and we still think that, right? So that's why I use that term growth platform. Um, but you think about the legacy providers on the market, they're not really thinking about how do we help salespeople close deals every day. No. It's, it's an afterthought. It's like, how do we manage events? But so many people manage uh, events and groups well, right? It's just it's just data storage, but you need, you need both together. And so the sales side is something we really doubled down on. And then connecting that to integrations, like you said, was really helpful for us and our customers, too, because all of a sudden you could expand it. And um, we're the only sales and catering provider on a tool called uh, Zapier. And Zapier is a marketplace with 3,000 other software companies on it, Facebook's on it, Outlook's on it. If you connect with Zapier, you connect with everybody else on Zapier. So through that, we have 3,000 plus integrations and growing. It was a strange investment because no hotel software company did it. But now you can, you can build your own connections with no code. You could say, hey, wouldn't it be cool if when we got a new lead, Slack, everybody got a message? Or wouldn't it be cool if I could forward, you know, leads from my email right into Event Temple without typing? Or just so many things. And we're always amazed at what people build. So just extending it, right? And I think that didn't exist before. So that's pretty cool as well.
0: It's true. And I mean, it's been... So I, I was in hotel sales at one point, but it's been... You know, almost a decade, I think. <laughs> so, I mean what you're describing is something that sounds great. would have been would have been great to have at the time, but um, it just didn't wasn't possible. But I'm also interested in the way that you're talking about the different way that leads come in. you know yeah. like, like coming in you know not just by email but like if yeah, if you get a message in, from Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I mean these are things that, that happen. So yeah. how do you integrate that? This is very cool.
1: Yeah, pulling everything in is um, a really interesting concept that people aren't used to because it is omnichannel, right? You're getting leads all over the place today. And even your marketing strategy, like a lot of hotel chains have a director of e-commerce now. Um, They're looking outside the box. You've got an SEO expert perhaps working at your management group. How do you tie all that together? And with the old system, you got a black box, right? It was very expensive integrations cost even more money and that it just did what it did. And now you can just open this thing up, connect it here, connect it here. Um, and it's pretty easy to do. And so we just felt like, okay, now we're connecting the whole picture together. It's not just one tool that you use. It's like integrating the entire business process.
0: Yeah. Well, I can certainly see why you prefer the term growth platform, (laughs) because that is truly what you're discussing here. Yeah. So we have talked about some of your wins, you know, over the last few years, just the growth and and all the positives that you're bringing to hotels. Uh, What are some challenges that you've encountered with the company? I mean, I sure COVID was a challenge as it has been for everybody. But talk talk me through some of the things that have that you've overcome.
1: Yeah, sure. So. I should mention before even starting the business, I've almost died twice, which is a fun fact about me. Um, I don't know if it's a fun fact, but (laughs) oh
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. So um, I survived cancer in, I don't know, 2013. And then in uh, 2014, I was in a near fatal car crash. So just it was like one thing after the next. So um, that was an interesting pre-business challenge, I think, um, which does shape your outlook on life.
0: I can only imagine. I mean, the fact that you got through the cancer and then all of a sudden encounter something that, <laughs> a year later. How awful.
1: Yeah, it was it was strange luck. Um but what I think that does when you go through something like that is it makes you a little less maybe a little less attached or take yourself so seriously, it might be a good way to put it. Um because you kind of you kind of realize all this is temporary, right? So mm. Um, I think that connected to one of my whys for starting the business, which you asked about um, before we got on here, was I'm really passionate about empowerment. And what empowerment to me means, like there's always the elite in in the world, right? That means like the incumbent for us, like the competitor that everybody knows, or um, maybe it's the big management group that's taking your hotel out all the time or whatever it might be. There's always that really established, confident, well-entrenched, you know, elite. Um, one thing that I love doing is saying, hey, how can we disrupt that and bring power back to everybody? Because hmm. um, I think we're all just winging it. It's kind, of, it's kind of a joke when people pretend they have it all figured out. <laughs> we're all just people, right? So yes. when it comes to sales, when it comes to tech, I, I say like, hey, we don't need to fake it. Let's just teach our customers. This is the best way to do it. This is what we've learned from talking to this big group. Um, let's figure it out together as a team. Um, And so that idea of empowerment, I think, came out of almost dying. And it does excite me a lot to be in this business. So how do we empower our team? How do we empower our customers and how do we make our product just by having it? Like you have this weapon, this super competitive tool that others don't have. And why do you have it? Because you're open minded, right? So that's a really cool reward to give someone like because you're open minded, you're going to win. So I think that's one, but the challenges are all the opposite side of that coin. So it's the entrenched competitors that people have known for 20 years. It's the resistance to change. It's why should I trust a a newer company? I mean, we're not new anymore. We're almost six years old, but why should I trust a new company that I haven't heard of? You know, can they actually do all this stuff? And then it's also just the ways people are used to seeing or working, right? Sometimes there's just a resistance to change. Like I'm used to seeing it this way. Why does it look like that? Oh, I don't do my proposals like this. I do, in the, I do them in Word. Well, there's an easier way, um, but we are prepared for that, right? We know there's some people, they call them early adopters. Some people are later stage and, and we're fine with that. And then, yeah, COVID. COVID was a whole other story, right, for our whole industry. Um, but, you know, things shut right down. We were uh, We saw entire hotel groups go bankrupt. We had to put people on reduced hours here well we didn't have to but I thought we had to so in March and April I was kind of like oh no this is the end for a year you know who knows right Um, and so we had to put people on part-time here and that that was really hard um, because we liked those people on our team got to know them quite well and now they're working part-time hours or cut back so just some of that kind of stuff but then turning out that we grew through the year kind of kicking myself for doing that now because (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it all worked out, but I didn't have a crystal ball, right? We were kind of expecting the worst.
0: Totally. Well, and you know, I'm thinking about what you were saying about people who are resistant to change mm-hmm. and and don't like and you know, aren't used to seeing things in one way. So then COVID happens and we were all forced to look at everything differently. Right. I mean, you're forced to look at things that, you know, everyone working from home and like there's so many companies Or I was fortunate enough to have worked for a company that was liberal with our work from home policy already. Um, But then everyone started working from home. Right. And for some companies, that was just unheard of to do. And then all of a sudden they realize, all right, actually, people are working. It's okay. So maybe that's why you did see growth throughout 2020, just because all of a sudden, people's mindsets just shifted into being more open-minded we had to be we just really didn't have a choice
1: yeah you know what else really helped us was first of all that was huge um just people going hey what else is out there there's never been a better time to change software especially one that involves groups and events near sales process when you don't have any groups and events or sales going on right so you you have this big white space to try things out and make mistakes that you're never going to have again, hopefully, right? So that was one. The other was that we spent a lot of time thinking about hey, what would the best company, you know, we can imagine do to help hotels right now, right? So we came up with a mentorship program where we had different industry experts helping hotels Um, and they would get a Temple for free and we would bring different people in to teach them, hey, here's how you can survive this thing, right? So we did that, but we also launched our free trials. We launched a um, very low cost monthly program. We allowed some hotel groups to move their subscription down to like a very low maintenance rate. So, hey, you're not using the system, just keep it until this is over. Um, and then also offering people, hey, why don't we give you five months you know, for free until you get started or we can extend and see. So. I think just because we're not a massive publicly traded company, we could really try things and hear what our customers needed and just do that. Um, And I think people saw that and they were like, yeah, you guys are making it very hard for us not to go with you. right? You're just offering so many different ways to try it, to avoid capex costs, to avoid maintenance fees, to delay training. I mean, this is just so simple. So we we worked really hard at it. but, but I think it did work. Well, the numbers show it worked over the course of the year. Hmm. Um, and you know our competitors made it pretty easy in some ways because they were charging people, in some cases, more money um, on multi-year contracts during COVID, and it's like, why would you do that? They weren't really flexible, right? They didn't change their pricing models. They had multi-year contracts. They were charging more in some cases. So um, we felt like, okay, well, just by doing the opposite, we're creating a lot of opportunity for the hotels that work with us to save money, to save time, to reduce stress. Um, so this was really the time I felt for suppliers to show their partnerships. You know, everyone says, we want to be a partner, not just a vendor. <laughs> right. Well, th- this was the year to prove it, you know, and some, some of our competitors we felt didn't and our customers agreed and they moved over. And so that was an opportunity in some ways, but it just shows how crazy life is because I never ever would have predicted that in March. You know, I, I would have thought the whole industry would just band together and cut costs and, you know, reduce contract terms and whatever it took. But it wasn't the case, which gave us an opportunity. And like I said, we ended up growing through it, which was um, incredible.
0: I am shocked to hear that that that's how it went down. And I'm happy to hear that it worked for you and that you guys had the foresight. And I think it just comes from the mentality you have as a leader i mean just you were talking before about the support and why it's so important to just you know work people to people (laughs) you're all people trying to figure it out and that's what you guys did
1: yeah and it was it was a really fun year in some ways to do that to get that chance right we never would have thought we would have enjoyed the year of COVID either. I mean, it, it did yeah. suck in a lot of ways, but um, as a tech company, it was really rewarding in some too, to hear from the hotels, you know, that direct feedback loop, like, okay, this is how you can help us. And once they told us, usually they wouldn't say that, they would kind of say, well, show us what you've got, right? But <laughs> yeah. during COVID, they're like, okay, we'll tell you exactly what we need because things are really tough. Um, and then they tell us, and we'd be able to go do it. And then we'd show them and they were like, oh, wow, okay, cool. Um, hmm. So, so there was some silver lining for sure. Um, we obviously know all the downsides, so I won't get into those. But there, there was some silver lining. Yeah.
0: I, you know, again to go back to what you were saying about a year like no other, you having the chances that you did to to take that step back and to try new things. I mean, that's how this podcast was born. <laughs> you know, I, I had the time. I had the time to try figure out what I wanted to do too. So.
1: Yeah. Congrats. And it's, um, it is amazing to see what people have started during COVID. And I think you had two choices, right? You could do nothing and wait, or you could try some stuff. Um, so I commend everybody who got out there, including you, that went out and tried some things because um, that's how innovation happens, right? You just take, you have to, have to be willing to fail and invent some things and take some shots. And that's what I was saying earlier about feeling like you have to have it all figured out. And this the idea of the elite who do have it figured out. I mean, it's, it's a lie. Nobody has it figured out. There is no perfect hotel sales and catering or PMS or whatever you want to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm. There,
1: there is no perfect hotel sales, VP of sales. It's just people trying. Right. And they've got some tricks and they've got some tactics that work. But at the end of the day, I think being willing to invent and try new things is is the key.
0: Well, you have to, because where there's some best practices that might work at a certain time, a certain period of life with a certain group of people, everyone's evolving. Right. And you know, and everything's evolving around us. So, I mean, it's, you just have to keep going and, and trying.
1: And if it, if it was guaranteed to work, it wouldn't be an experiment, right? So you have to be willing to fail too, to truly be willing to experiment. And I think... A lot of people aren't, they're really scared to do that. I know for me, for a long time, I was right. I'm, oh yeah, I'm definitely okay to try that. I wasn't really right. <laughs> so now we are, and we get some big failures. Um, sometimes we'll try a product or a feature or a, a strategy and it goes really badly and no one wants it or, you know, but sometimes it's a big success. And I think that's, that's just what you have to expect if you're going to try new things.
0: Well, and so. You know, speaking for myself, you know, before all of this, before COVID, everything, you know, I was very much just going through corporate life, right? My nine to five. Podcasting um, is like running a little business, and it's teaching me a lot. Um, but you had that mindset before, so mm-hmm. I always find that impressive when people are maybe just just not that you're born with an entrepreneurial mindset but just you have that willingness to go in a different direction instead of just going into the corporate life and and doing the 9 to 5 thing
1: yeah i think it's um it's a lifestyle to be an entrepreneur right so you have to be willing to give some things up i've definitely had um hard things in life cuz i went that route but it's it's also a very fun route you know and it's um i think it's just a way to grow all the time so you're kind of thinking, hey, what what happens if I do this? What happens if I do that? And you're trying things out all the time. But one thing I wish people told me when I was younger—maybe it didn't exist back then, but it does now—is um, you can you can be an entrepreneur too, right? Which um, no one told me that in college. But I thought you either had to start a business and have this great life, or you were an employee and you were stuck. And it it turns out that. The world has changed and there's a lot of people now like our team i think of where you get kind of both upsides you get the security and you get to invent and you get to grow and you get to create and maybe i wasn't exposed to that but it's certainly like that i mean that's what my wife does she works in a tech company as part of a team and it's kind of like the best of both worlds so i think. Entrepreneurs are maybe predisposed to handling a lot of pain sometimes too. You, you don't mind having really tough stuff happen, maybe even thrive on it a little bit. And so mm-hmm. there, but I'm noticing there is a middle ground where people can, you know, work in a company that's very entrepreneur minded and contribute and still have a lot of the upside. Um, and so I encourage people to think about that more too, because maybe if I knew about that, I would have maybe done that for a while first.
0: I've never heard that word before.
1: <laughs> it took me a long time to hear it, too. And once I did, I was like, damn, that sounds pretty good. <laughs> right, right.
0: Well, so would you say that that's what Event Temple is for your employees?
1: I think it's what we're trying to be. I don't know if we'll ever be there because um, yeah. I think it's a pretty lofty goal. But I think a lot of the companies and businesses that I most admire do that for people. Right. So. If you think about the things that make a business an upside as an owner, it's, you know, you get equity if the business works really well, you get the chance to grow something amazing um, with your customers and, and your tribe of um, employees and partners and vendors and, you know, the whole ecosystem, that's really exciting. Maybe you get more flexibility in terms of your schedule, but, you know, all the best companies are doing that for everybody anyways now. And so it's sort of taken away all that upside. I know. I mean, I've got Friends that work in companies that would have been my dream as an entrepreneur when I started my first business, and they're working there. So, I think that's who we want to be for our employees. But we consider like we're never there because as soon as you think you're there, you get complacent, right? So, um, <laughs> we always try to make it a better company to work at for sure than it was before.
0: Mm. Well, okay. So we're talking a bit about just that that entrepreneurial mindset, and so I'm curious in your mind, you know, what are some of the most important attributes to to this lifestyle? Um, I mean, you mentioned curiosity, and I think that is amazing. I love that, like just that that constant curiosity. Um, But like, you know, just what are what are some of the other things that people should be should be ready to expect being in this kind of world? Um, And also, what would you say are, you know, some of the ways that you continuously develop yourself?
1: So I think there's two journeys you go through. You're an entrepreneur to start with, and then you become say a leader in the company, if it's successful, and they're very different. So I would say an entrepreneur's job is to try things out, um, have a lot of self-confidence, but stay open-minded. So it's weird, you have to be able to say like, "Yep, yeah, I'm gonna stick with this for a very long time, but hold it very loosely, so that if, if you're wrong, you can change. Um, that's really hard to do then I think you need a really high threshold for tough times because you're gonna go through a lot. And that can be in every form, right? It can be financial, it can be emotional, but you're you're really trying to create something from scratch. And if it's an obvious idea, it's probably already done. And if it's not obvious, you might be able to fail at it. So that's um, that's risky, right? Once that gets going, which can take, you know, a couple of years of having no results to get there. So I think obviously give yourself two or three years, um, And your company starts working you could be a leader in the business and for that the best phrase I ever I ever heard was just don't ever stop trying to be qualified for the job so um, Mm. for me with CEO like I always just think okay how can I get more qualified to be in this role what can I read Um, and I read a lot like I read a whole book this weekend on Saturday and Sunday and um, I'm just obsessed with learning and doing better and I think if you have that mindset and you fail like what, what can you really look back on yourself and regret? Like you, you worked your ass off, you read like crazy, you got all the mentors you could, you tried really hard, you experimented, you balanced that with grit and it still didn't work? Like, well, move on, like <laughs> tough break. It's very likely to work though, if you do all those things, I would say.
0: Well, so how, tell us, how can we find Event Temple? What, how, can, how can my audience find you or connect with the company?
1: You can request a free trial or a demo at EventTemple.com, um, or you can follow me on social media, Bob Graham on LinkedIn or at EventTemple on LinkedIn.
0: Cool, well, thanks, Bob. I'm so pleased to have you on the show today, and thanks for talking about your story, your journey, and the journey of Event Temple. Sounds like an excellent company that you've built, and I'm excited to see where it goes.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having me, and best of luck with the Room Blog podcast.